This episode of High on Tour is sponsored by Side Pocket Images. Side Pocket Images specializes in creating original video content for causes, campaigns, products, and brands. When you need top-level video content to tell your story or sell your vision, look no further than Side Pocket Images. Visit them at sidepocketimages.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of High on Tour with Victor Pino and April Black. On this episode of High on Tour, April and I sit down to talk to our friend in Southern Humboldt County's own, Season George. Season is a multi-generational activist farmer that, as she puts it, just happens to grow weed. As one of the sisters at Five Sisters Farm in Cooks Valley, California, right on the Mendocino-Humboldt County line, and in the heart of the Emerald Triangle, Season's Farm is poised and now licensed to offer her guests an unforgettable regenerative ecotourism experience. Season's success story, while fraught with familiar and contemporary challenges, adversity, and risks, is a true testament to her unrelenting hard work and incredible focus. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Season George of Five Sisters Farm in Humboldt County. Thank you for having me on, inviting me. You're very welcome, Season. We love you. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited. Me too. I was just outside planting my onions. It is a gorgeous day. I was looking at my mustard green cover crop and just wondering, like, do I chop them now or should I just let these bees keep going to town? Yeah, it depends on what you want to plant there. Well, I've been making this bed really nice for cannabis, so... So yeah, me, I would just you, leave it then and, until you're until you get closer to planting time. All right. All what right. are you working on right now for cannabis on the farm season? Is there any are there any plants kind of preparing or are you preparing any plants or are you just yeah. going to go get them cloned out to you? No, I'm making my own clones and okay. I've started about a thousand seeds. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, let's see. I'm growing it's a per, like an heirloom purple Urkel by Pakistani. And I'm excited about that because that came out of like someone's vault. So it should be like the old purple. We'll see. Wow. And then the other one, I, I left my seed bag in the barn. The other one is a new strain that um, the guy's calling it Post Malone. And I'm really trying to get him to call it T Post Malone. <laughs> Just so we don't get in trouble for calling it post <laughs> I thought T-Post was funny because we all use a lot of T-Posts up here. <laughs> yeah. But he's not going for it. Doesn't seem like it. So I guess I'm growing post Malone as well. <laughs> so what's new on the farm? Let's start there. Like what's, you know, you just, you're on the heels of a pretty big victory, at least as far as it comes to getting your farm legal on the tourism spectrum, right? So let's take it back to Five Sisters Farm and where you started when you came to Northern California. I know you have a very cool origin story and I kind of want to know. Yeah, what is Five Sisters Farm (laughs) all about? Well, 
you know, this house what is owned by my um, best friend who I grew up with down the street since I was seven. So, and she kind of adopted our family and her dad was up here and got kind of wrapped up in the reggae scene, reggae on the river and reggae rising and ended up with this house, which was adjacent to the um, reggae sites when all of that stuff happened with the Matil. And so, you know, I came here and to work with them and just lived in this home for, you know, and developed a few other farms for a few years. And then once we were able to apply for a permit, that's when I really, you know, started cultivating seriously on this property. And five sisters is really my, I have two biological sisters. So that's three of us. Then Amber, my best friend that I grew up with, um, that's four. And then the fifth sister is the female plant. So we, you know, we're just like, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's a sweet story. It also kind of represents like four elements and then the ether, you know, it's like that, the the feminine energy of the female plants kind of holding space for all of that goodness, nurturing mother earth. Kind that's, of how like... you, that's how you live your life though on the farm though. I've been up there a few times and everything you're about and everything you do is very connected to the earth and those plants. And you have a very unique perspective, at least as far as I'm concerned here in the, you know, here in the, you know, Bay area, you know, a lot of folks are, you know, into, you know, the spiritual side of things, uh, when it comes to growing cannabis, but I find that you connect with those plants on your property in a very unique way. And I, I kind of want to know, um, why did you start growing cannabis? How did, how did this all come about? My dad has always grown cannabis on a really small scale, just, you know, in his backyard and in our backyard. And I, um, he had cancer and when I was about 10 years old and really, you know, at that, he was always a big smoker and always very proud, like total Southern California stoner guy. <laughs> like, you know, just, I mean, I grew up with it being a normal part of my household. And I also grew up knowing that it was something I had to keep a secret. Um, and I really, for me to come here, you know, I was working in Florida for a nonprofit and we were putting in vegetable gardens and like you know, getting small urban farms together for people, just advocating for growing produce in like food deserts and stuff. And so I learned at that point, like gardening was like um, activism. And I had always been a gardener. My dad was always kind of like a rebel. And um, for me, I started getting really, my business in Florida was getting big, my landscape business. And I started getting really like tired of the business part. I was generating so much plastic planting in these. I was an estate gardener for for sure. So it was just bumming me out. And then also the, you know, the contrast between planting annuals, you know, just flowery plants for these rich people. And then going into the, you know, the other side of the town and just trying to get people to grow food for themselves because they didn't even have access to to um, fresh food, I really just needed to unplug a little bit from that. I started getting a little bit, um, 
I don't know, very worried about the state of topsoil. You know, I, all, every, t- every time I learned something new, I was just like, oh, my God. So when I found that I could um, bring my daughter to California, which is where I grew up, away from Florida. I mean, everybody wants to get out of Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> like so... everyone wants to go to New Jersey. <laughs> and so, you know, I never really intended on staying there. And so once I had a child, I really wanted to get back to California. And uh, my friend had this place. I really came on vacation here um, with her. And when I got to the place, it was, you know, classic Humboldt st- grower, go- grower gone wrong story when I had arrived. And I just really kind of walked through what I would have done because I had horticulture experience. I had, you know, went to college for greenhouse plant production. So when I got Jesse, who I had never really been close with my best friend's dad growing up, she was part of our family. I wasn't really part of her family. He offered me a job. And I thought, wow, this would be a cool way to live off grid. We were completely off grid at that point you know, um, solar, we had a Pelton wheel, we collected all of our own water. I was just like, it was beautiful overlooking Dean Creek. I mean, it was up Alder Point Road. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I came with my daughter and I'm pretty much everybody kind of made fun of him for hiring a girl with a toddler, but I was already so like resourceful being a community gardener and just used to a heavy workload, having my own business and also managing like, you know, greenhouses. I, um, for annual production, ornamental production, it was nothing, you know, to me, it was like coming to that place and all their point was like reprieve, you know, I was like, Oh man, this is so nice. Very anonymous. And then when I moved down to this spot, you know, it was just a different experience completely being on the side of the road. I was no longer anonymous. Yeah. And I've just really tried to take advantage of the location to the best of my ability and try to represent, you know, what the gardens looked like before this plant was completely commercialized and industrialized, which is, you know, n- not many examples out there right. for people to see. So that, that when actually... they go on a tour that actually leads me to my next question for you, you know, having been on your farm and I know, you know, the relevance of your being on the show today is because you are turning your farm into a tourism spot, a, a, a place where tourists can come and take a tour and, and, and see not just the plant and its commercial uh, environment. It's your farm is definitely, uh, I would not use the term commercial for your farm. I would use the term, you know, quaint and homey. And, uh, yeah. and I think, and, and yes, and you appreciate that more than the term commercial, I'm sure. But your farm <laughs> is really, is not a monoculture. Your farm, you know, you, you present kind of what this vision for cannabis, um, small, you know, mom and pop cannabis really is. It's, it's the cannabis growing amongst the peas and the radishes and the cannabis growing amongst the tomato plants because they're all part of the same symbiotic environment, the same symbiotic community of species on your property. And I think that that is a unique thing for people to see. A lot of times people go into grows and they just see a, a million square feet of warehouse, of greenhouse space or warehouse space that's just lines and lines and lines and lines of cannabis plants and they're all female and they all look exactly the same and they're all the same height. And, 
and that's not your situation. Tell me a little bit about what sets Five Sisters Farms apart from just your typical cannabis grow in Humboldt County. I'm Fly Earth Medicine certified, and that is a um, like a beyond organic certification that encourages people to um, close the loops on their farm. And that means, you know, I save my own seed, I make my own compost, I collect rainwater rather than taking it out of the watershed. Um, you know, there's a number of things that we encourage, and then there's a number of things that we discourage. And, and part of being in that guild of farmers, it, we need an educational component. And, um, you know, for me, gardening this way has that's always been the way I, I knew I wanted to do it. So it wasn't like I was trying to strive to meet these standards. It was just, I found a great certification program that kind of helped me network and um, have a support system. So for me doing it this way, was, I would have done it this way, even if I didn't have to meet, meet those standards. Um, but then with the tourism thing, it, we really, as farmers don't have, access to direct consumer contact very much. And honestly, the tourism component didn't start off as com- cannabis um, centric. It was more like, you know, a great way for me to increase revenue by allowing people to book here for hip camp. And I didn't even tell people it was cannabis, a cannabis farm until after they um, booked. And once they got here, there's so many different things to learn about uh, as far as like Hugel culture mounds, you know, um, the wildflowers that are growing here, the how I collect my water. Um, you know, there's people ask so many questions and it's interesting how cannabis almost takes a back seat to it because there's so many other things going on. And to me, I feel like that's a great way to support her and not exploit her. And also like show that it, you can still produce high quality cannabis without it having to be such a h- harsh impact on the environment. And really what I'm doing is increasing tilth and topsoil and biodiversity. I'm actually enhancing the environment rather than, you know, depleting it. And I think that's the really, and in this merge of, you know, this, the industry I think that it's important for people to see that example because a lot of folks think it's an ideal that can't really be achieved or it, you're not going to grow, you know, something of quality or, you know, people are really, really amazed how I use such little water, you know, what, and what does this mean for your so tourists? I mean, but what does this mean for your experience? I, 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 I love that you do all these things, but it does definitely set you apart from your competitors in the tourism game, right? Well, I, I, mean, I just want to, I just want to chime in real quick that yeah. you know, everything you're doing season is everything I align with, with my own gardening practice. And of course, extent, I like to extend that into what I offer with tourism. So right now I'm just fangirling out on everything you're saying. <laughs> and I, I just really wanted to let you know that. And uh, you know, she's, uh, you cut out at first when you said you were dragonfly earth medicine certified. And I just wanted to touch yeah. base really quick with what and who that is. It's a couple Josh and Kelly that started it and they, um, they live the regenerative farmers lifestyle. They walk it, they talk it. And over the years, they've just created this wonderful, beautiful program. And it truly 
is uh, stewardship of the earth in no way that I've ever seen before. And so I definitely encourage everybody to check it out. And what you're doing, Susan, is just beautiful. And I can't wait to come check out your farm. And so, yeah, back to the Taurus. What, how does that set you apart and, and, and make the Taurus just really forget about that they're at a cannabis farm because you have all this other biodynamic life going and, on and glamping i mean tell us all about the things yeah, yeah tell us all about the greatness of your yeah. farm <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a unique property that's terraced and so there's a lot of um different flats kind of um just terraced down from the highway 101 overlooking the bluff to the river and so there's quite a bit of like private spots even though you know you, you come into the property the house is and the barn is like, you know, giant, you can't, it, it definitely dominates the view, but then all around it is just a landscape flowers. Um, and with a giant Chris Dyer mural on the barn. And so I think when people, you know, come from the city and they've maybe seen other, you know, stopped on the way at other farms, they, they're really surprised when it's just me and, in my home, <laughs> you know, that like a lot of people are like, wow, this is your house. And you like, you're right there. And I think it, that it takes, it, you know, it creates like a personal experience. You know, a lot of times I've, I've been listening to some other um, tourism people talk and they bring on the farmer as if we're like a mini celebrity or something. And I think people are really like grateful that they have access to me and I'm not conceited about it I'm like hey do you have everything you need was there anything I can do pick you know pick a salad from the garden this is what we have going on oh and I love it having that sense of community and, and personal experience and me you know like I think that that's endearing you know rather than like a corporate model where you have like the spokesperson out front and then you never know who actually owns the company or you know it's like um, I think you know people really appreciate just the authenticity and also there's a lot of people who are really committed to this um, green lifestyle and they want to have a low impact you know traveling itself is is an impact on the environment and so when yeah. somebody wants yeah. to offer that they're very happy to to camp rather than stay in a hotel and I've asked a lot of my guests like what would you like you know what can I do to make it better and they they're like this is really you know awesome they like the price point and um, they said, you know, we know where to go if we want to have like sidewalks and like, you know, a concierge, like, like there's plenty of those experiences out there, but what I'm offering, there's not that many experiences. So, you know, I think that I've learned to be okay with what I have, you know, obviously I'm building the ADA bathroom. I'm putting in a kitchen with this grant money. You know, I'm, I'm definitely changing up the shower and putting in some nice hot, you know, some tubs. Tell us about the can, grant so, too. So, I mean, tell us, tell us about the grant because you just won, you just won this grant a couple of weeks ago. I know I went to bat for you. April went to bat yeah. for you. We all supported you in this effort and tell us, tell us about your victory um, what were you trying to accomplish by applying for this particular grant in Humboldt County and how will it of course mean that you, I mean, you were explaining the bathrooms you're going to build with it, but tell us about what the actual grant meant for you beyond that. Well, in order to, for me to really, 
diversify this property and, and maximize everything. I knew it, I needed that bathroom. And so honestly, when, when the grant came up, I wrote it very quickly with my sister and I kind of, I remember tooting, I remember like kind of like laughing, like, wow, I'm really tooting my own horn here. <laughs> but that's what a grant is. You know, you sell your vision and you make them believe, you know, like I can do this. And so um, it really was as a welcoming center. It was as a processing center and, you know, in my barn, it was um, the commercial kitchen will allow me to have catered events, you know, and I just pitched all that to them. And I honestly, when I was informed that I won, I was, shocked I was I, I when I wrote it you know you write something and I don't have any expectations and I was really you know so honored when I found I was chosen um, and you know everybody else got 10 grand and I got 50 and I couldn't really remember why I was like what you know like how did that happen and it was because I applied for the association grant and in that I had all these associate you know I'm like these are all the people that I've worked with. And I basically cited my resume and like all the organizations I've worked with in the past. And the verbiage was super loose in their um, description of what an association was. And then they came back and said, they tried to say I didn't qualify. And so I had to go through another like set of jumping through hoops and providing documents and getting letters of recommendation. So thank you very, very much for that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it took months for them to go ahead and say that they, that I qualified and that they would stick with the 50,000 because, you know, at first they tried to get me to take 10 and I was like, no way. Yeah. I was like, nice try. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I'm still actually waiting um, on it. So it, it takes that long for, to do anything in Humboldt County, apparently, <laughs> it's like almost a year later. But that's okay. You know, I know nobody should complain about winning a grant. And so I'm just trying to be patient and cough up all the documents and, you know, walk through all the little, you know, obstacles they give me and just be primed and ready to like, you know, make them proud. I feel like I was chosen because there's not very many farms who are willing to come forward and um, put themselves on display or, you know, like all the time and make, you know, make themselves available and like curate a space. You know, it's one, it's hard enough to be a cannabis farmer, but then to add having to like be neat and tidy and personable and like, you know, no drama on this work scene and like inviting and, and constant good vibes, you know, it's like, you know, I don't think that there's, they probably realize that there's not many farms that check all those boxes about being on the road, having a turnaround, you know, all those things. Um, and so they thought we better give this to her because, you know, I, not, there's nobody yeah. else who's really, you're really sign up to do this. You're poised in a way that I think no other farmer in, in your, in Soham in Southern Humboldt is poised. And I think that's what makes, you know, that's why we wanted you on the show today, right? Like you are definitely one of the unique examples, one of the unique representations. Um, I love your humility about this whole story. I love that you are very true to who you are. You, you tell your story with authenticity and, and, and I, and I am really kind of always impressed by um, the forward thinking nature w with which you operate. I mean, 
you are definitely defying the expectations, right? And you are an exceptional representation, exceptional example of somebody who has fought the fight, been told no, didn't take no for an answer, and then proceeded to do your thing in the best way you felt possible. Um, I want to know, are you really the, I mean, you, you grow cannabis, but I mean, I think your title really should be, you know, the Soham queen of regenerative ecotourism. You just happen to grow weed as well. And I mean, like, that's important, right? You're... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all, I am so grateful to the plant to have, you know, given me a, a segue back to California and to have, you know, I have always been able to support myself through gardening in some form and through horticulture. And it's so, it's, you know, the most glamorous thing to grow was cannabis and also a little bit of civil disobedience. You know, I, I might be a bit of a, a deviant. And so at the time, you know, I was like sticking it to the man. And now I'm like, whatever you want from me, man, <laughs> like, you know, you want all my paperwork. Sure. You know, like, check out you know you have to do the live scan and now I'm I, I sometimes wonder like how did this happen <laughs> you know but so this is another way like of, of me being like I don't have to scale up I can grow it with flowers I can be the cute little girly garden and like watch people eat it up you know it's like everybody thought it was a joke that I was doing this or everybody thought I didn't know another way but I've we had another farm you know it's like I don't want to monocrop I don't want to pull tarps i don't want to you know like all of that and is how not many fun. times and now, now i and make many, it fun <laughs> how many times did i hear from people up there like they thought you were nuts for doing what you wanted to do it's like that's why crazy. is she pulling yeah i mean people i April, might be April, <laughs> they were telling her they were telling her that like it wasn't even worth the permit like i was hearing what? things like that oh yeah, my gosh yeah no way well you i've always i don't know season you connected with me when you saw me making my first trip all the way up there and i was with um, my partner for our retreat and we didn't really like have time and it was a, yeah she was in a rush i was like oh but i really want to go I really want to go and it was totally because of the gardening and i knew you were right on all the way from the beginning all the way from the beginning season has definitely uh made an impression on a lot of people uh, in the region and outside of the region. That's why we're trying to bring tours up to Humboldt. There's so many good people. Um, there are so many good people in Humboldt County that, you know, all they really want is is to get their their hard work out, you know, out into the world and yeah. to be and to be seen as, you know, not just like uh, like the face behind the plant or the mystery behind the green curtain. Like these are real salt of the earth people these are real people that are doing the work that brings you your cannabis so you know on that note season tell me a little bit about where you want to go with your regenerative work and where you want to see your farm be in a year's time with tours so i would really my regenerative work is just you know gonna keep getting better as far as more um the next thing i want to buy is a big shredder you know like i i want to start making a lot more compost maybe get a few more rabbits you know add a few yes, chickens to the, to the scene you know um so i know i need more nutrient um you know 
inputs around. Um, with the workshops that I want to offer, we would be making inputs um, like Korean natural farming style. We, with the kitchen, you know, we can have beautiful, elegant garden parties, you know, catered right here with a, you know, farm to table. Um, so I don't ever see, see myself really like expanding more campsites, just maybe more, ex, you know, designed experiences. Right now, I'm really happy with the level of like guests that I have. Um, it's what I can handle and they are pretty low maintenance. You know, it's a lot. I was a little worried when I put up my bell tent, like, oh, that's a different type of clientele. I don't know if I'm fancy enough. You know, <laughs> I was really concerned about my shower. So, you know, I'm, I'm upgrading the shower area, putting it closer to the river so you can really like get be, you know, hear the river and be like closer to it. So, I mean, I'm, there are little things that I want to do, but I don't see myself expanding on, you know, like every other business wants to expand a third every year or whatever. And that's part of the regenerative is being happy, you know, and um, with what we have and not being so demanding of the property and putting such a heavy footprint on the property. I don't want, you know, 20 people with 10 cars here really on the on a regular basis, right. you know, keeping so it, um, controlled. Yeah. And, and I know that the areas around me can take a little bit of that load. There's other campgrounds around me, you know, eventually I'd like to work more with the ranch next door and um, they have potential as a cannabis event to their licensed, you know, um, so event space. And so, you know, I, I know that I can annex off of these bigger um companies and I will always be like the token cute garden girl that has you know this little this little spot and it's going to be something you know different and that I'm fine with that you know I don't see myself getting bigger and bigger and bigger you know eventually I'd like to add a little um, shipping container courtyard and build a outdoor kitchen out there like a big fire pit you know barbecue We've talked spot. about it a lot on the show before. If anybody's listening and is trying to get married, you should book uh, one of uh, Season's glamp sites for one for an elopement. She's got about room for you yeah. and one other group of people. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a quaint experience, and it's probably one of the coolest things I've seen within driving distance of San Francisco. I think, you know, Season's Farm, Five Sisters Farm, um, I thought it was super cool that you're Googleable. I just got to mention that. Like you went all out. You said, I am not hiding in the shadows anymore. I am pushing forward with being who I am and putting myself out there. And, and you're, you're, I can Google maps all the way to your property. Well, and the thing of it is, it's like, you know, people were concerned for me being on the side of the road and really, you know, there's so much fear mongering, you know, you're not going to be big enough you're not going to be able, you know, nobody's going to want to buy those strains that aren't, you know, that nobody knows, you know, like everything, I was doing everything wrong all the time. Everybody was telling me I was wrong. And um, I really decided not to be in fear of being on the side of the road and like trying to keep people out. That's part of the permaculture mindset is like, take a problem and like use it as your solution. And instead of having a vacant space where I'm alone and afraid of who might come, I invite people to occupy the space who want to be here and have good vibes and then I fill that space with goodness rather than you know 
being afraid. And um, that I think is one of like a transformative part in my, in my journey is taking the one thing that everybody told me was, you know, a, a risk and I should be afraid to turning it into a sharing and a loving experience. Like that to me is, I feel like a winner there on that. <laughs> Most definitely. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm, I'm really kind of, um, you never cease to, you know, you never cease to impress with kind of the, the way you open yourself up on these questions that I've been asking you. And I'm like taken back because I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that you're saying. And I'm, and I'm just thinking about like, you know, you are really beyond a model of regenerative ecotourism, beyond a model of what it is you do. You are a model for others in, in who you are and what you represent for people. I think you are a true champion, I'm sure, for your daughter, and you're a true champion for other other young women around you, um, especially in Southern Humboldt, where, you know, life is a little different than the rest of the world. And so I think that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to purport to uh, know a lot of people up there, but I'm going to tell you that of the people I met, you're a truly special one season. And I really, I'm really happy that you're in this world and I'm really happy that you're doing what you're doing and being a hero and a teacher to, to, to the next generation and the current generation. I think you're showing a lot of the elders that, um, you're not going to take any shit and I think you're great. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, um, you know, I'm finally starting to get super excited. You know, it's, it's, I have to realize like I worked hard for this. I fought for this. I need to be happy to put in this work every day and, um, you know, not let it, there's times when I'm like almost debilitated, like, Oh my God, I have all, you know, like what I, I, I have so much to do. <laughs> and then I have to remind myself like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So let's just do it. And you know, that's why I'm just out there planting those onions today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a global <laughs> on a global you know from a global perspective let's let's talk a little bit about what you see for humboldt county i know there's been a lot of uh talk and challenges and slow starts and you know to, to tourism in the county now that the the county is um given out the tourism permits so you know you were amongst uh, a group of, of farmers that had were early applicants for this, um, and 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 you are you are in a an initial group of people that are all very hungry for uh, showcasing you know to have tourism to showcase what it is they do, um, and so tell me a little bit about what you're hoping uh, kind of comes out of this 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 first round of tourism permits in Humboldt County and how do you feel it's going to benefit the county and the people in the county? Well, I feel it, the cool thing about the four people that, you know, the four of us is that we're on opposite ends of the county. So people can get two different experiences um, because Northern Humboldt and um, Northeastern Humboldt is very different climate and experience than Southern Humboldt. So, it, you know, we're a huge county and we can really keep people entertained for a few days. So people, you know, we're hoping 
to have more people fly in and um, we're hoping to have tour packages that are four or five days um, with including like Shelter Cove and a river rafting and, you know, the other farm, um, Soul Spirit Retreats, she has a lot more glamping sites. And then the other two farms are very, um, John has a beautiful story. Luke has just an immaculate, you know, business plan and execution and is just super smart. So I think it kind of shows a really well-rounded, um, representation of yeah and you're talking about Humble johnny you're talking about johnny casali of huckleberry hill farms right yeah yeah and you're talking about luke of dragon with matches right yes two great yeah. also two two of your colleagues in this who have gotten permits as well for tourism they're all both you know they're all doing great great work that's the reason you guys got these permits right i mean you are the representative example and Soul Spirit Farms is where I'm going to check out on this whole trip up to Trinidad and over there. And that's the whole reason I'm going. So how about that for it really being a small world and all of us being connected in the world of cannabis tourism? I really like Judy. You know, I haven't gotten to know her personally yet, but all the interactions I've had with her have been great. And I really like the way that she has found a good balance of offering like an upscale experience by keeping it still super grassroots and authentic to the area. You know, it's like she offers, she has a pretty in-depth, from what I can tell, um, you know, itinerary, like yoga and snacks and all this stuff. And Zumba. You know, for me, I love yeah. So, you know, for, I think that that's really it's a lovely thing she's doing and you know i'm not quite there yet you know as far as offering that i'd like to bring somebody onto the team who would you know who would like to design those things and manage that but you know i know um i'm, I'm just i'm i feel like the whole trip between the four of us you know all of us do um produce sustainably you know so that's and that will be an overall theme that will be repeated and we all have a different method of the way we we produce and definitely different personalities and experiences. And the way that, you know, we're, we're spread over the County, it would be quite an experience. You'd see so much different terrain, you know, yeah, um, that that's awesome yeah. because I didn't know that, you know, really that it was that different. Can you just tell me as a newbie to coming up to the area and for our listeners who are interested to in exploring and, and interested in knowing what the differences are of the four areas. So, yeah, I mean, I'm right here along the eel river bed on South fork eel. Um, and just a little bit, not even a mile North of me is Richardson Grove state park. So, you know, where the redwoods grow is like where the fog line is, you know, and, um, that's a different climate in itself. Then you start heading out. You know, I'm really about maybe 15 miles as the crow flies from the coast. And I'm, I'm only at like 700 elevation. People think they're way in the mountains, but we're really not that far, you know, um, elevated here. I mean, we're elevated in other ways. <laughs> but, um, on the way You're to fine. John's place you start heading out, you know, to the coast, to Shelter Cove, which is just beautiful um, cliffs and um, Black Sand Beach. And, you know, there's a lighthouse. So that, you know, from from my place to John's place is a one day trip. And you see the beach and you see, you know, 
you drive up the mountains, you come down onto the coast. It's just like absolutely gorgeous. And um, his then to come back to Southern Humboldt and go up the 101, you pass the Avenue of the Giants um, and you go through Eureka and Arcata. And really the Rio Dell um, and Scotia is starting to become a cannabis like Mm like city there too they have a, um, they're very supportive and so there's dispensaries and then i believe the scotia inn is going to be like a, a, a cannabis friendly hotel i'm really excited for the humboldt-based social club to have and that'll have a day spa and everything like i'm really wow. excited about that people who are staying you know the clientele that i can accommodate and and the who want to have that um can't like a, can, a farm dinner they don't really want to camp necessarily so to have a place that's going to be cannabis friendly at a at a historic hotel not too far from me then they, I, they can come and visit my farm and then go back to their fancy hotel <laughs> that's what yeah, i'm thinking yeah, sure. yeah. so um, um you know so that's between me and um dragon with matches and Judy Soul Spirit Retreat. The other cute thing about Judy is she's also on the county line. So I'm on the Mendo Humboldt County line, and she's on the Humboldt Trinity County line. So that's a full Emerald Triangle from county to county tour. And a lot of people are don't understand what the Emerald Triangle really is. And it's just this region of, you know, three counties. And I thought that was cute. She's on the county line as well. So once you get up, you know, over to the east side out there, it's pretty, you know, you're not in the Redwoods anymore. You're in the Golden Hills. You're in, she has, I think it's the Smith River that runs, or it might be the Trinity River. She has, either way, it's a, you know, whitewater rafting, um, you know, my, the Eel River isn't whitewater rafting. You could go kayaking, but it's 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 a different type of um, it's a different watershed. Well, completely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, so, what she, you would do from her place is you could actually raft down. The guide would pick you up, and then you could stop at Luke's place, um, and then go back and camp at Judy's. So it's a really well-rounded, full Emerald Triangle um experience from one end to the other all the counties <laughs> so, and you could book um, these tours right now with yeah. April Black <laughs> and highway travel and victor vino at emerald farm doors no well, most definitely well that's why i'm going on this tour myself because i want to meet everybody in real life and collaborate together and work together and smoke together and you know make these things come to fruition together so that way we can all support each other I love that right. these fireworks are without, Yeah. You know, we can't, you know, you guys have the outreach and I have to remind people when I, you know, speak on other like tours and things like I'm a farmer at first, you know, like I, I haven't, I don't know much about hospitality, you know, I don't know. And so I, I need that kind of support frame of people who are in the industry to buffer me a little bit and also I just need to learn because I'm entering in a new realm. I know that my experience with community gardening, just accepting people in a new space, um, you know, never knowing who's going to come in and volunteer, facilitating whatever needs to happen with strangers, you know, like, I mean, I, I think that has helped train me to be able to share my space and, you know, accommodate people. Um, but That's part of hospitality. I, That's just yeah, a really- different version of it. You lead with your stewardship and and that's amazing, right? Like all I'm hearing are good things. And, and 
I'm really, I'm really taken aback. We're all enamored by season George right now of Aww. Five Sisters Farm, uh, Farms. And uh, I got to say, um, we are uh, definitely coming to the end of our time here today, but this is the very beginning of having season back on the show. We'll have you back on the show again, season. Um, okay. And I want to take a minute. There's something we do on every show. Um, and I want to, I want to give you your, uh, your high on tour hot take for the show. You get 30 seconds season to tell us anything you want about anything. These are your 30 seconds to tell the what? world anything they want that you want them to know season george five sisters farm here's your high on tour hot take go for it okay you know what it's really simple it's back to the garden it, we don't have to overthink this we just need to really take care of each other nourish each other nourish the soil sit down eat together and know that we're all living stardust from the same source so you know let's just love each other Let's get back to the garden. It's really, really simple to be kind and loving. And thank that you. An, incre an, incredible an incredible message from Season George. Thank you so much for enlightening us today. We cannot wait to be back on your farm. I know I'll be back there in a week. I'll report back to our listeners. I want to thank you. I want to thank the listeners today on this incredible episode, April Black, my co-host and amazing sidekick on this project. Thank you so much, April. Thank you so much, Season. Thank you, April. Thank you, Victor. Oh, yeah, you're you. welcome. And it thank you awesome. so much. And we'll have you again on the show as soon as we can get our heads out of the clouds and back into Humboldt County, into the Humboldt fog. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Ion Tour with your hosts, April Black and Victor Pino. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon.